Welcome back to our weekly podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, we're in week two of a message series called This Is Him. For a total of five weeks, we'll be working our way through Luke chapters three and four, learning more about who Jesus really is. It was C.S. Lewis who popularized the statement that Jesus was either a liar or a lunatic or the Lord. He was pointing out that Jesus either, one, deceived all of mankind by conscious fraud, two, he was himself deluded and self-deceived, or three, he was divine. Throughout this series, I'll be asking the question, who do you say that Jesus really is? I truly believe this is the most important question that you'll respond to in this life. Last week, we read from Luke chapter 3, verses 1 through 20, learning more about how John the Baptist prepared the way for the Messiah. When John appeared on the scene, no prophetic voice had been heard in Israel for about 400 years. John was a voice for God. He was like the herald who went before the royal procession to make sure the roads were ready for the king. Many of Israel's religious leaders were corrupt. The faith of the people was all about rituals and tradition, God's people were lost. They desperately needed to hear a voice from God, and John was that voice. In the Old Testament book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 3 through 5, we read these words, Listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, Clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys and level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all the people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. 700 years before the time of Christ, the Old Testament prophet Isaiah wrote about how John would prepare the way for Jesus. We know that he was talking about John because Luke wrote about the same exact thing in his gospel. In Luke chapter 3, verses 4 through 6, We read about how Isaiah had spoken of John when he said, He's a voice shouting in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. Resembling the Old Testament prophet in a number of ways, John showed up preaching that people should be baptized to show that they'd repented of their sins and turned to God for forgiveness. We learned last week that that word repent means to change your mind. And then to act on that change. It's recognizing that you're wrong and that God is right. Hearing the good news about the coming of the Messiah, many people, including corrupt tax collectors and Roman soldiers, came to John to be baptized. Acts chapter 19 verses 1 through 5 explains that John's baptism was a baptism of repentance, looking forward to the Messiah, while Christian baptism today looks back to the finished work of of Jesus' work on the cross. As we continue in Luke chapter 3, we're going to spend some time learning more about the importance of baptism. So if you have a Bible with you today, I'd like to invite you to turn with me to Luke chapter 3, verses 21 through 22, and then we're also going to read from Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Today's story is actually found in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I'll read both Luke and Matthew's account, and then we'll go back and unpack what we read. So Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 22 says, One day, when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. As he was praying, the heavens opened, 
And the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. And then we'll read Matthew's account. Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17 says, Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, It should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. The first time we see Jesus, after he was twelve years old and had stayed behind at the temple in Jerusalem after the Passover festival, is here when he's an adult, traveling from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by his relative John. That John had been telling people that the Messiah's baptism would be greater than how he was baptizing people. John's baptism would actually be superseded by the baptism associated with the Messiah. And then here comes Jesus, asking John to baptize him. John felt completely unqualified. In fact, he wanted Jesus to baptize him instead. So when you read this story, there's a lot of baptizing happening. There's a lot of baptizing going on. Even though John's baptism was a baptism of repentance, Jesus did not come to be baptized because he was a repentant sinner. We know that Jesus was sinless. He was perfect. There are at least three solid biblical explanations for why Jesus was baptized. I know this is a question that a lot of people have asked. First, in his baptism, he identified with the very people he came to save, you and I. Second, His baptism was the official start of his earthly ministry. This is when Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit and officially began his ministry. Acts chapter 10, verses 37 and 38 says, You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching his message of baptism. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So this was the start of his earthly ministry. Finally, the main reason for why Jesus was baptized is found in Matthew chapter 3, verses 15. But Jesus said, It should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. Jesus was baptized because it was his heavenly Father's will. He gave us an example to follow, and I believe his baptism also looked forward to his own death, burial, and resurrection. That's what baptism illustrates, and we'll talk about that more in depth throughout the message today. After Jesus rose from the dead, he gave his disciples his great commission in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. It says that Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So this is the mission and the marching orders that Jesus gave to all Christians. We're called to make disciples, and we do that by going everywhere, by sharing the good news of Jesus with everyone, 
by baptizing people into Christ and into the family of God, by teaching people how to live their lives in obedience to God's word. In fact, we can't make disciples unless we're baptizing people. In that sense, it's essential. With baptism being the major theme of today's message, I'd like to answer some common questions that people tend to have about baptism. We believe that Christian baptism is part of God's plan of salvation and is the first act of obedience for a follower of Jesus. Baptism is a sacrament, not a symbol, that should be important to every Bible-believing church. Baptism is the proper response of faith that marks our new life in Christ by imitating Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Baptism also connects us to God through faith in Jesus and through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So the first big question that I'm going to address is this, why should I be baptized? And the first answer is because Jesus commanded it. We just read the Great Commission where Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In the book of 1 John, chapter 2, verse 3, the Apostle John wrote these words, that we know we've come to know him, talking about Jesus, if we obey his commands. So Jesus commanded us to be baptized and to baptize others. We know that we've come to know him, that we're actually living for him, if we obey what he's commanded us to do. The second reason is that baptism demonstrates that I'm a follower of Jesus. Acts chapter 18, verse 8 says, Crispus, the leader of the synagogue, and everyone in his household believed in the Lord. Many others in Corinth also heard Paul, became believers, and were baptized. So what's the context of what we just read? In this passage, the Apostle Paul had been preaching at the synagogue in Corinth, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks to follow Jesus. He then went next door to a house that belonged to a Christian named Titius Justus, And while he was there, Crispus, the leader of the synagogue, and his entire family, they heard the gospel and believed in Jesus. After believing, the Bible says they were all baptized, along with everyone else who heard and believed. Their baptism demonstrated that they were now followers of Jesus. The second question that I'll address is, what is the meaning of baptism? You know, we don't typically use that word in everyday language, so what is baptism? Well, the first scriptural answer is that baptism illustrates Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. There's two passages that I'll point to. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3-4 through 4 is the first one. It says, I passed on to you what was most important, and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried, and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. The second passage is Colossians chapter 2, verse 12, which says, For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. So when were you buried with Christ? Well, it was when you were baptized. He said, And with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. So Christian baptism illustrates the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It also illustrates the death and burial of our old sinful way of life, followed by a resurrection to new life in Christ. In Jesus, we can be reminded that we've buried and put to death the old and are now living the life that God has called us to live. The second answer is that baptism illustrates my new life in Christ. Romans 6 verse 4 says, For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism, 
And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. The Christian's power over sin, the ability to live a new life in Jesus, stem from identifying with Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and from living life through the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, from God's perspective, when we believe in Jesus and are baptized, Jesus' victory over sin and death is our victory as well. Because Jesus rose from the dead, we can now live a new life that's no longer under the authority of sin. Instead, we're alive in Christ. We're set apart to live in a way that glorifies God and is for the good of others. Another question that I'll address is this. Why do we baptize by immersion? Why do we baptize by immersion? Well, the first answer is this. Every single baptism in the New Testament was by immersion. There are so many examples of this, but one of my favorite stories is found in Acts chapter 8. Philip, a follower of Jesus and a missionary, he was one of the first people to preach the gospel outside of Jerusalem. He was told to travel down a road that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. On his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch who was also returning from Jerusalem and was reading from the Old Testament book of Isaiah. Philip asked him if he understood what he was reading, and the man said, How can I unless someone explains it to me? Philip started explaining the passage that the man was reading, and then he told him the good news about Jesus. As they were talking, they saw a body of water, and the man said, Look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? So they went down to the water, and Philip baptized him. In the Greek, the word for baptize is baptizo, which means to immerse or to dip. The Ethiopian eunuch and every other person who was baptized in the New Testament was fully immersed when they were baptized. And this includes Jesus. Matthew's account of his baptism tells us that Jesus came up out of the water. He was fully immersed. As a Bible-believing church, we follow the example that's given to us in the New Testament. We want to be faithful to God's word. The second reason that we baptize by immersion, is that immersion paints a powerful picture of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. I would say that no other mode of baptism is as clear an illustration as immersion. I don't say this to attack those who were sprinkled as a baby. It's only to affirm immersion as the original biblical mode of baptism. This is so important since baptism for many may be the only time that the individual's family and friends come together to witness this public illustration of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. It's a witness to others. I've talked with several people over the years who were sprinkled as infants, and they're worried that choosing to be immersed might insult their parents or their family in some way. But friends, this should never be the case. You're not saying to your mom or dad that you were wrong. Instead, you're saying, thank you. I'm now confirming with my own decision that you accomplished your role to instill faith in my life. So your parents should feel affirmed that what they instilled in you has grown through God's work in your life. I'll say again, it's important that we follow the Bible's teaching on this matter, that we baptize by immersion. The next question is this, who should be baptized? The first answer is that every person who understands the gospel believes in Jesus and has repented of sin. In Acts chapter 2, 
the Apostle Peter had just finished preaching the very first sermon on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. His words made such an impact on the lives of those who were listening. In response to his message, the people said, What should we do? Peter responded by saying, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And then you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2 verse 41 says, Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day. About 3,000 in all. Man, can you imagine 3,000 plus baptisms? That would be an amazing sight. An amazing celebration. Friends, if you believe that Jesus is who he says he is, that he's Savior, Messiah, and Lord, and if you've repented of your sins and are ready to follow Jesus with your life, then you should be baptized. Baptism is God's plan. It's really the first act of obedience for a new believer. You'll notice that I've entitled today's message, Baptism. It's a God thing. Friends, baptism is God's plan. It's a God thing when someone makes the decision to be baptized and all the glory belongs to God. It's a God thing. Regardless of how long you've believed, whether it's six minutes or 60 years, if you haven't been immersed, I would urge you to make that decision today. The final question, when should I be baptized? And the answer to that is simple. As soon as you believe and have surrendered your life to Jesus. Notice in Acts chapter 2 verse 41 where it says, Those who believed were baptized and added to the church that day. I underline those two words, that day. When Philip baptized the Ethiopian eunuch, it was the same day the man heard. It was the same day that he understood and believed the good news about Jesus. And this is the pattern that we see throughout the New Testament. When someone believes and repents of their sin, they're immediately baptized. There's a sense of urgency to this decision. A desire from the person to not wait. Friends, if you understand the gospel and are ready to follow Jesus with your whole life, you can and should be baptized. If you're trying to wait until you have your life all together, you'll never be ready. We're supposed to come to Jesus just as we are. We're praying for more baptisms this year than we've ever had before. In fact, we've baptized 29 people over the past four and a half years. It'll be so exciting when we celebrate that 30th baptism. So if you've been on the fence about baptism, but you know that God wants you to make this important decision, today could be the day. Colossians chapter 2 verse 12 says, For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead.